Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, that was your cue. Oh. That's your, that your cue to say something there, pal. I'm sorry, I droned out for a minute. But, uh, welcome to the show, the first post-Thanksgiving welcome show Welcome to the show. We only, we, the, sh- the whole fucking show. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's someone else. Um, but that was a, that was a little hint for what we'll be talking about. Maybe this episode and the next episode and possibly the episode after. Yeah, I meant to tweet it out because we should probably start promoting some of our shows, like yeah. fucking good bo- podcasters, but yeah. I forgot. It was the holiday, you know. No excuse. It's you know it could have been if we didn't say that. It's no excuse. But that of course was the intro to the Dude Shack, the most must see WWE talk show in history. Now, did you know that before I told you that? Do you yes. remember the Dude Shack? Yes. Okay, because only it, I think there was only like two episodes of it, and then it was gone. No, yeah, there was it was he you in every fucking Mick Foley video clip ever. Dude, it's, it's the best. It's funny. The fucking the little like van they walk out of, dude, it's great. <laughs> So, we are going to be taking, as our main event, an introspective look at Mick Foley's career. That is not the correct word, but it sounded <laughs> I was going to say. But it sounded Holy right. Holy shit. Uh, I was sitting on my couch, and I was watching some wrestling, and Foley popped up, and I had an epiphany, and I realized our best shows are our profile shows, and we got to do one of Mick Foley. Yeah. I've heard so many inside insider stories about Foley, but I've never heard one from a fan perspective, and that is what we wish to bring you. So... Before we get to that, there's a lot of news. I know you got something you want to get off your chest, but oh, before, so before you do that, uh, I'm going to give you the updated World Tag League standings. I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a single night of it, but I'm just, I'm so busy right there's now. There's something we have in common. Uh, so, in first place, we have a three-way tie. <laughs> Los Ingobernables de Japón with eight points. Evil and Sonata. Suzuki Goon, being represented by Killer Elite Squad, Davy Boy Smith, and Lance Archer, also have eight points. And then everyone's favorite, Chaos, being represented by Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano, also have eight points. Then, sitting at six points, we have The Elite, Hangman Page, and the Tokyo Pimp, Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, the BCOGs, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. The Best Friends, Beretta and Chucky e. T. Uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson. What a weird team that is. Suzuki Goon being uh, represented by Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Then sitting at four points, we have uh, Tenzan Kojima, the fucking oldies. Uh, Suzuki Goon being represented by Suzuki and Azuka. Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin, which sounds like a mean guy team if I've ever heard one. Jesus. Uh, Nakanishi and Yuji Nagata are sitting at two points, as are Toa Hinare and Togi Makabe. And then Yoshida and Shota Umino are at zero points with a record of 0-5. Jesus Christ. Well, they're, they're the Young Lion team. They're there yeah. to lose. Uh, speaking of this, though, one thing I said we were going to talk about, did you see Tanahashi would never wrestle again? Huh? Uh, not Tanahashi. That's uh, Hiromu? Is that what you're talking about? The guy who got hurt. In the, yeah, Hiromu. Yeah, Hiromu. I don't know why I said Tanahashi. But, Takahashi, uh, Tanahashi. Takahashi. Kinda, yeah, it's, it's Kind of similar, stupid. I guess. But, uh... Un- that's unbelievable because he was doing well for a while, wasn't he? I thought I thought he was, I thought he said he was like ninety three percent ready. I did. I just saw an article the other day that he he might not never wrestle again. Really? Let me yeah. Google this. Keep talking. But yeah, I have also not watched an episode. I'm just I'm doing a million things at once now, and that's like the worst, the last thing I have to do. Oh shit! Here you go. He may never wrestle again. That's crazy. I mean, that was the nastiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but I just heard like a week ago that he was doing good. That's crazy, and it's from Confl- Mel- and it's from Meltzer. So. Conflicting reports. Yeah, but I just hope he hope he can get back. Yeah. So so uh, Meltzer's direct quote was, 
it is not certain when or if Hiromu Takahashi will be able to return to the ring. So. So he's up there. He's in the hyperbaric chamber. Oh, God damn. <laughs> get to that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anything else you want to get off your chest? I know you want to talk about SummerSlam for some reason. Oh, you didn't you tell you why. Do you want me to do that? I mean, I did tell you why. I don't have to kayfabe the people. I didn't want to tell you why, but I did. So. Do you want me to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, Mine's quick, so you want to get mine out of the yeah, way? Yeah, mine's quick too. But you, so, I, know, I know you've been wanting to get us out of the way. I texted you this morning. I'm like, let's, let's go. So, as you know, they don't probably, the listeners probably don't know. But as you know, I'm a big documentary guy. Yeah. So I threw on the 90s on Netflix. Okay. And they do two episodes about 90s television. Okay. Not a single mention of professional wrestling. Us, oh, so that's your hot about? Yeah, but could you talk about 90s television about professional wrestling? This was my quiz. more of a question, but I don't think you could. That's tough. I see your point, but I feel like as in wrestling. But as, they had fucking Twin Peaks on and not one thing about Austin don't 316. Don't disrespect Twin Peaks. <laughs> but anyway. See, as wrestling fans, we kind of live in this bubble where like we're told the Monday Night War was like yeah. this great, the greatest thing that ever happened to television. It, it and, wasn't, no, but... I, but I'm just saying, like... I was born in 96, so I yeah. really can't fairly answer your question. You there know what I'm saying? There wasn't any, but there was more people watching between WCW and WWE wrestling than Monday Night Football. I, that's, but did they talk about Monday Night Football? They didn't talk about Monday Night Football either. So, like, it's... But it's they're, all, talking it's edgier, after, they're talking about edgier content. Well, it, the, yeah, 90s, late 90s yeah. WWF was certainly edgy content, so... But they were talking about, like, content being able to come out and be edgy and, and like, show more crime shows and stuff. But does, I just think wrestling has a niche there. I see your point, for sure. You know what I'm saying? No, I see your point, hundred percent. Yeah, so I just, I just don't think you could talk about '90s TV properly without talking professional wrestling. With that being said, excellent documentary, strongly suggest. And that is what the '90s. The '90s. CNN produces that. See, oh, those doc- those documentaries. Yeah, yeah I've heard about. I've never, like I've never watched them. Like the '70s, '80s, yeah. '90s. Yeah, they're they're all it's all CNN. Now, did you watch all of them? Did you watch Did you watch the '70s and the '80s? No, going okay. backwards, brother. I did, but not like. In, so, I mean, I definitely think wrestling should be not mentioned intently. at least in the 80s, if not the 90s, because, you know, a rock and wrestling connection. See, it's tough because, like, we live in this wrestling bubble, and, like, we're told, we just accept we're it. told all this shit. Like, yeah. we're told, like, oh, rock and wrestling connection, gigantic, Hulkamania, running wild. Like, we're told all this, but, like, we weren't around, so, like, we really don't know, like, how much of a cultural phenomenon it was. I mean, obviously, WWE is a multi-billion dollar industry, so obviously it had an impact on culture and still does. But, like... You know wrestling's always been the red-headed stepchild of the world, like of the yeah. entertainment world. And like, of sports. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I just, I don't know, it just, it just bit my apple a little bit. Okay, Carlito, fuck. I, I don't know, it's the first thing that came to mind. Is that a phrase? Like, did I you just make so. that I up? I might have just made that up. I just, they just came to mind. Okay. As you sit here and you rub your Intercontinental Championship. Way to make me sound like such a fucking mark, like... We're continuing to do this podcast. We're fucking marks. We're well, we're trying to be professional marks. We are trying, we're trying to be professional marks. You're over here exposing. If I, get, if, I get, if I can get paid to be a mark. <laughs> you're, over, you're over here exposing the business, brother. <laughs> but I'll, in all fairness, if you don't have a replica title, people, <laughs> replica title, people, you're probably cooler than me. You're probably cooler than him, but also much less cool than him because this fucking thing is beautiful. It is really nice. Is the white intercontinental title the best belt in the history of the company? Probably not. I'm a big I'm a big baby blue strapped wing eagle fan. I mean, too bad the Warriors the only guy to hold it, but... Yeah, that piece of shit aste- gets it. Aesthetically, I thought it was a beautiful belt. <laughs> the ultimate God Goddamn, pal, it's not a belt. It's a championship title. It's a, it's a title. But anyway. So I don't know if you know this, but I was at SummerSlam 2018. Oh, I thought there was some asshole sitting next to me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
Maybe you're thinking on the other side. I don't know. But anyway. So I work overnights, and I have a lot of downtime on my shift. So I spend a lot of time on the WWE Network. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but it's a pretty nifty tool. You might want to check it out. Yeah, I heard about it. So I was watching SummerSlam 2018 because I never watched the full thing on television because I was there. And I just, I don't know, I never got around to it. So I decided, you know what, let me watch this. I got four hours to kill at work. And uh, so I get to the Finn Balor match. And (laughs) I got really mad really fast. (laughs) I try not to dog on Michael Cole too much because I know he knows that this shit is as stupid as everyone else does. Like, he, you really think he wants to say, here comes the big dog every time Roman Reigns comes out. It's Vince in his ear telling him. I kind of hope he does really just want to do it. Oh, at this point, I'm sure he does because he knows how much everyone hates it. So, like, I know Michael Cole's a big troll. So, like, I bet you he loves saying it, but, like, I guarantee what wasn't his idea to say. I guarantee you there was a... No, you're absolutely right. Guarantee there's a 73-year-old man in his ear telling him to make Roman look strong. That's all jacked up. Yes. So, as I don't know if you've ever watched Raw or a pay-per-view or anything. I Once or twice. But uh, as uh, Fergal Devitt, professionally known as Finn Balor, makes his way to the ring, let's just use Philadelphia as an example, uh, one Michael Colehart will say, Power Club has come to Philly. Well, who's Michael Colehart? That's his shoot name. Did I pronounce his last name wrong? It's Colt. It's Colt. Colt. It's Colt. It's Colt Hard. Colt Hard? Colt Hard. Like, like, I think it's spelled C-O-U-L-T-H-A-R-D. Like Colt Hard. What did I say? Colehart. Oh, I guess I'm just used. I guess I'm just used to him being Michael Cole, so I just added the hard to the Cole. I mean, he was covering wars, but he's he was a war correspondent. Um, but anyway, now he's a Monday Night War correspondent. Oh, fuck yeah! I guess one for Harding. Well, there's no war going on right now. There might be soon. That's a teaser coming up to our next segment. But anyway, so Finn Balor was the demon during SummerSlam 2018, and this man said, which objectively was cool being there. Yeah. We were sitting right by the ramp. It's the second time, I've, second time I've seen the demon in person. Never gets old. It was beautiful. But, um, ew. Uh, this man says, Demon Bower Club has come to Brooklyn. <laughs> I got so furious because, like... Vince just, say it, say it, goddammit. Because, like, the, I'm cool with him, like, because I'm cool with him saying that for, like, regular Balor because Balor just smiles and he deserves to get the cold treatment. But, like, Demon Balor... I don't know. Like, do, am I am I in the wrong for that? Is that like is that very nitpicky of me? I don't think it is, because like the demon the demon doesn't have a club. I don't know. It would it would annoy me. It would annoy me. But so then, <laughs> so then Jonathan Coachman. This one is funnier. Jonathan Coachman makes a great point. So I don't know if you recall, but at SummerSlam, Finn Balor absolutely squashed Baron Corbin. Oh, another thing that's funny. Is like, you know how they have like the little name graphics that pop up, like when they're walking in the ring? Baron Corbin said Baron Corbin, and then above it, it said, in quotations, the constable. <laughs> I, I laughed. What is this, like 1991 EC or WCW? Dude, I laughed. I feel like that's what that's about. It was in parentheses, the constable, like, the constable. Like, I don't, but Baron Corbin's in the ring. This isn't, this is another sidebar, but this is too funny not to mention. He says... Get the paint off of him. I did not sign up for this. So he wants the referee to, like, get a rag or something and rub the paint off Finn Chad Balor. Chad Patton just wiped <laughs> out there with a hose. Just... <laughs> but anyway, back to the coach. The coach gets a rap for saying some stupid shit. Like, I don't know if... Did you watch the Survivor Series pre-show yet? No. He had a very dumb line on there when they were talking about the Becky-Naya incident. He said, Naya hit Becky with a punch that actually connected. 
Oh. I shit you not, he said that. Oh, Jesus, coach. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just, he, he's, uh, ESPN is done trying to him. Oh, never mind. Just keep going. And, like, I don't want to bury the coach because the coach has done me a huge favor in the past, believe it or not. Uh, I actually interviewed the coach when I was in high school for my senior project. Ever share that interview? I still have it on my phone. I remember you doing it when we were in high school, but I haven't seen it since. Oh, dude, it's brutal. I'll, I'll show it for you. I'll play it for you off air. But anyway. Oh, 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 oh wait dudes. a minute. We're, you're playing this on air after TLC projections, you lose. If I lose, I'll play it on air. <laughs> All right. But anyway. So Ballard squashes Corbin in about a minute and a half. And then <laughs> Coach is a very good point. He says, if it was that easy for the demon, why isn't he the demon all the time? And you know what? That's a fair point. But I shit you not. Less than a second after Coach got the last syllable out of his mouth, Michael Cole goes, he's not the demon he needs to be! Because you know Vince was in his ear, like, telling him, shut it down, shut it down. Like, and I get why I wanted to shut it down, because, like, you shouldn't bring that up, because that's a legitimate good point. Yeah. Like, and there's... There's no, there's no room for good points in wrestling. There's, no, there's not. Like, Coach shouldn't have said it, because there's logistical reasons on why Balor isn't the demon every night, because he doesn't want to get painted up for four hours every night. Like, that's a lot. It's not even like it's a little bit of pain. Yeah, either. it's a lot. It's a lot of pain. So, like... So, yeah, I would. That, I don't blame. I don't blame them for shutting that one down because, like, coach is a good point. Like, he beat him in a minute, and when he's regular, Balor, he's a geek. But like at the same time, it's just hysterical the way Cole shut it down. <laughs> he's the only demon he needs to be. Vince is having an aneurysm. In the oh, back. dude. But anyway, that was my little. Speaking st- of Vince, we kind of like, we kind of view events in Philly, which is cool. We did. Those were uh, that was those were interesting seats. They were very interesting seats. They were like. They were, like, lower level, like, right in front of the it's, curtain. It's where the weird because I, I sat, like, in those almost exact same seats for TakeOver last year, and uh, uh, and they had the screens there. So. Well, there's, there's two different stages. There's the one stage where, like, the cutout's in the middle, and they walk out from the middle. That was the one that was at TakeOver. And then there's the one where they walk out from the side. Yeah. And, like, it's ran- like one row will be one, and the next row will be the other. Like, it's random on, like, when they use what one. I mean, there's probably a legit reason for it, but... There probably is, but I don't... Yeah, I don't get it. But. Speaking of that Raw in Philly, you mentioned a point to me before. Oh, if, yeah. <laughs> if Roman Reigns never wrestles again, we saw his last match. Yeah, which is... Which, Roman, we know you're going to wrestle again, and you, we will be excited when you do it, but that, that would be an interesting little thing for us if that is how it goes. I saw Rock's last match in person. It's not his last match. No, I don't think, I don't think so either, but as of now. Because I just realized that Rock's not that old. No, but... He was so young when he was like on top Easy. that he's not that old now. Yeah, he's the second youngest WWE champion in history. You know how the first one is? Third youngest. No, Randy Orton does not count. He wasn't the WWE champion. He was the world champion. All right. Lesnar? Yeah. Okay. So Orton's the youngest world champion ever, but not the youngest WWE champion. He don't win the WWE championships like 07. I knew I'd get you with that one. Yeah, you, you did. I knew I'd get you with you that did. one. You did. You absolutely did. Um... But yeah, but I think the main problem with The Rock is he does so many movies, like none of these movie companies want him wrestling while while they're shooting. Well, Jesus, look Which, at David Arquette. Well, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not. No, I don't blame the movie studios. No, I don't, I don't either. I get it. Like he's he's he, he he's made so much money in the last year that he'd be. But I shit. still think he'll come back to his. John Cena was making some Jackie Chan B-list movie, and he couldn't take any bumps during Super S- Showdown. Speaking of B-list movies, I saw the trailer for Bumblebee with Cena in it. Yeah, I thought Cena was Bumblebee. He's oh, speaking not. of trailers, the trailer for uh, Fighting with My Family dropped, and it looks really good. Oh yeah, it looks very good. Yeah, did you? I guess there's like an actual match between like an, a 17 year old Paige and Thea Trinidad in there. 
No, I think that was just shot for the. That was just that was just a scene shot for the movie. That was shot for the movie. Yeah, because they. I know they. They've had uh, similar pads, I believe. Theo was Theo was the stunt woman for whoever plays AJ. I don't know who plays AJ, but she was the one taking the bumps for AJ. So Zelina Vega was in. in yes, in, Zelina, Zelina Vega is over. In this Zelina Vega is in the movie. <laughs> Zelina Vega jobs the page in the movie. I remember, that. I remember that night. Yes, the night after WrestleMania 30. Yeah. I, uh, but it's weird, though, because they, they shot it after Raw, so that so it's going to be like the 2017 Raw stage <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> you know how you know people are going to get pissed about that, too. Yeah, but... This, this is going to be like some fucking Mark in his basement and just going, yeah, see, but, this is the problem but, here. But this movie isn't made for wrestling fans. This no, movie's just, made for... I love, the, I love how The Rock was just around in this movie. Yeah. He just walks, <laughs> he's just walking around. Yeah, if The Rock stays like, your biggest gripe with the movie, then there's some... There, you know what I mean? Thanks, Dwayne. Having dinner with Paige in a skybox, like, just randomly, like, calling her dad, like... And then Vince Vaughn is in this movie, which is hilarious. <laughs> so if The Rock stage is your biggest problem with the movie, then... The Rock's just walking around. Yeah. But, I mean, I hope they, like, drop little Easter eggs in there for wrestling fans. I'm sure they would. I mean... The Rock's making it, so I'm assuming yeah, he will. But anywho, and I guess I guess they're actually showing it in theaters. Got a bunch of friends text me about it. Went to see Creed. They're like, yo, there's a new wrestling movie coming out with The Rock. I'm like, yeah, I know. I didn't see Creed one yet. Really? I watched like five minutes of it yesterday when I was eating. It's a good movie. I Is didn't see, I didn't see the second one yet, but I really like the first. There's one. like six movies I want to see in the movies right now, and that never happens. Which is ridiculous. What's even out right now besides Creed? Bohemian Rhapsody, I want to that see. That is out, yeah. Heard that was awesome. Yeah. Um, now I want to see Fantastic Beast too. Oh, really? You're one of those guys? I mean, I like Harry Potter, but I just... I have I legitimate know. doubles of every movie over there. I do have... I do have... Uh, I do have... Uh, Dumbledore's Wand. I went to Universal Studios and bought it like a mark. I wish I did. I wish I, wish I had that series as one of my favorite. I have that and I have the Golden Snitch as well. And I don't really like Harry Potter like that. I just wanted to buy them. That was, I was just there for the first time for WrestleMania this year, actually. You were in New Orleans. I was in, I was. I, I, I was I, in I, Disney World. I had the better trip. You, you did it, but that's, that's an incredible place, isn't it? Yeah, oh, dude, it's, it's awesome. You, you, it's you awesome. Harry Potter World yeah, Universal, dude, it's, it's crazy. Butterbeer's good. Butterbeer is great. I wish it was alcoholic. I wish it was, yeah, I know. I'd just be shit-faced, walk around Universal, just cast oh, spells dude, on you're gonna be. I was shit-faced in New Orleans <laughs> when my buddy was sleeping in WrestleMania. We were talking about that too. Who was sleeping? Leak. Oh. Dude, it was... He says he only slept for like two matches, but I shit you not. I'm telling you, it was half the show. <laughs> he fell asleep as soon as we got there, and he woke up in the middle of the Ronda match. That's like half the show. Yeah. That's like half the show. Yeah, it is. He only came to see Undertaker, though, and he got to see him, so I guess he was happy. I guess a lot of people, I guess, do that now. Because he's just always around anymore. He's just wrestling every show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we did that. We did that. You want to talk about AEW? Oh, yeah. So, uh... There's a couple interesting trademarks filed this week. I believe they include AEW, All Elite Wrestling, Tuesday Night Dynamite, All Out, AEW All Out, and Double or Nothing. And the address that these uh, trademarks are filed under was 1 TIAA Bank Stadium Lane, which is the address of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Best mustache in all sports. Yes, uh, Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, which is owned by Shad Khan and his son, Tony Khan. And uh, I heard an interesting conspiracy theory, which I kind of want to talk about. Do you want me to get that way out of the, do you want me to get that out of the way now? This is all you guys. I've not heard it, so you go, go okay. for it. So I wish I could give credit to who wrote it on Twitter, but I saw this at like 3 a.m. while I was working, and I forget who it is, but 
Whoever did it, I'm trying to give you credit. So someone had an interesting theory. So, while Chad and Tony Khan own the Jaguars, they don't own the stadium. The stadium is owned by the city of Jacksonville, okay? Duval. Yeah. So, well, that's the county. Duval's the county. Yeah. Stop trying to fucking correct me. Just oh, let sorry, me... every single Chris Berman then. Duval. <laughs> but, um, so, this guy's conspiracy theory may be that the elite is all coming to the WWE and filing this trademark was a red herring. Because why? Because like, think about it. Cody and the Bucks, they're smart guys. They're very smart and guys. And why, why would the trademark be addressed to a stadium owned by the city of Jacksonville? Like, if you think about it, it kind of doesn't make sense. I don't think this guy's right, but I just thought it was like a very good point. Like, yeah. Like, that is kind of weird when you think about it. Like, why is the address to the trademarks Jacksonville Stadium when that's owned by the city of Jacksonville? Now, the Jaguars are headquartered there as well. But I f- I'm sure Shad Khan's office is somewhere else, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel... I see this guy's point. That's what I'm trying yeah. to, like... I don't know. What's your take on it? Do you think this is legit? Do you think this I is mean, that's some really fucking rabbit hole digging. I would never even think to look down that me, alley. Me either. But me either, but... It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And, I mean, it depends what they want. Because, you know, Vince is going to offer them a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Vince is just going to throw money at them. Because now everyone is thinking, holy shit, a new wrestling promotion, a new wrestling promotion, a new wrestling promotion. These guys all popped up popped up on Raw like nobody would see that shit coming. No, it's going to happen tonight. No. <laughs> well, they legally can't, it's but okay. Not. But yeah, no, that's very weird. That's very weird. No, but, I, I don't know what to think about that. Like, it doesn't seem right, but like, I don't understand. Maybe, I don't know. Like, it's such, it's, it's, it's interesting. But then Dave Meltzer said that... Uh, it's frisky. A lot of WWE talent has reached out to Cody and said that if this is happening, they want parts. I wonder how, I wonder how much is a lot. Let me... See, who would who would be involved with those guys? Well, who let me you? pull up. There's another article. Um, I got to pull it up so I could properly give someone credit. So just talk for like two minutes. A whole two minutes, huh? Yeah, a whole two minutes. But that's actually... It's an interesting thing... Very, like, where's the Jim Ross and Jericho reports come? Like, are they coming back to the company, too? Well, see, that this was this whole guy's point. He's like, the reason they used the Jaguars thing as the copyright address is because the rumor was Jericho and Jim Ross were starting the promotion with the cons. Yeah. So that's why they would use that address if it was a red herring, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it, like, it does. It makes too much sense. That's, so like, I... Which I don't, which I which usually means it's not true. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I really... I really don't know. So keep talking. I gotta find this article. But uh, would you want to see them open their own promotion? I, I would certainly be interested if if it happened. Like in Florida, though, like NXT will destroy it. Okay. Okay. So it was four one one mania that reported this. Um, Usually pretty legit. Well, it was four one. Excuse me. It was four one one. Is the site I'm getting the in, the info on Wrestle Talk reported it. So two. Superstars who have contracts expiring in April have agreed to join the, the company. So it has to be Gallows and Anderson, right? That's the first people I thought it of. It has to be Gallows and Anderson. But are they, are they going without AJ? Well, yeah, probably. AJ's not going anywhere. We know no, that. AJ's, yeah, AJ's, not, AJ's finishing his career with... AJ, uh, Steen, they're all finishing their career with... Uh, well, yeah, Owen signed a new five-year deal, so he's, he's stuck. I forgot about him. Well, yeah, he's out. I, he needs to come back. I miss him. I don't think he'll be back until, like, April. He might miss Mania. <sighs> him and Sammy are going to be close. Bring him back as a babyface tag I team. think that's what they should do. I don't know if that's what they will do, but I think that's what they should do. 
has always been a baby face yet, like a true ass baby no. face. No. no, I mean he's a great heel, but he's an interesting baby face. So here's the exact uh, quote from Wrestle Talk. Uh, report that it goes a little beyond interest, however, claiming that two main roster stars have been informally approached about signing with the company and have provisionally agreed to sign once their WWE contracts expire. It, it's believed that both wrestlers will leave WWE at April at the latest. The deal is said to hinge on the promotion, getting a, fi- a financially worthwhile TV or streaming deal, so it should be considered 50-50 at this point. So, well, if two WWE guys agree to go if they get a TV deal, that has to mean they're at least trying, right? So it wouldn't be a red herring. Yeah, no, it's just... I, just, I don't like. I, maybe everyone's working us. Like that's like you really don't know, and that's exciting. Like it's, it is, and it's very it's exciting. exciting. I can't wait to see. It's what exciting. Happens. Like I think that's their two options now: is either open this or come to WWE. Yeah, I think so. Both too. equally exciting. Cody Cody said that he's definitely done with Ring of Honor after December, but that could be another red herring. Like you don't you don't know, and like I like it that way. That's what wrestling used to be. Like before the internet, you never knew like who would turn up where. Like. I, I imagine if I was around for Nitro and I saw Lex Luger pop up, I'd be like, holy shit. But, <laughs> what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> that's what you would have been like. Yeah. So, but, uh, no, that's actually interesting. I'm glad you said it because I'm legit shocked. Yeah. I, I am shooketh. It was, it was, it's, it's, oh my God. I'm going to be thinking about this all night now. I mean, Tuesday Night Dynamite, that seems to imply that they have something. <laughs> First of all, it's an awful name. As much as I want to do this promotion, they could come up with anything better than Tuesday Night Dynamite. Southpaw Rest- Regional Wrestling presents Tuesday Night Dynamite. I rewatched that all today, as a matter of fact. Oh, it's great. It's great stuff. Dude, Malibu Al's used car for him. I love, <laughs> I love at the end it says Malibu Al was arrested for federal racketeering charges. And the fucking, Just like 6 9 Did you see fucking uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins' name as the fucking... Uh, as the fucking one half of the butchers? No. Dry Rub Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and Rhino is like Frantic Freddy or something and Wait, they're the did, butchers. Did you end up watching Raw on Monday at all? I believe so. I think I did. Because you were working and I was texting you. I did you working. see the skit with Rhino when they were out catering in front of I did. I did, as a matter of fact. Oh, what did he say? Oh, he goes, he tried the pace. He just, he just, he was the funniest Rhino's shit. Rhino's awesome. Of all time, I want Ryan O to get more TV time. So do I. He wrestled. He wrestled, he wrestled Connor in a I'm dark match and wrestled. It was a, it was so, her main it was, event. Her main and he event. lost. He did the. It wasn't even. He didn't even do the job to victory. He did the job to Connor. He did the job in Philly. The, that's a shame. It is. It Remember, is. he got a Royal Rumble slot just because it was in Philly. Yeah. At number three. I love when he comes out and, like slowly turns his head and he's got that big ass smile on his face. He's just a big head motherfucker. Like they start doing the ECW sets, the head the head nod with it. Oh, dude, Ryan was awesome. Cause he's got his hands about there. <laughs> Who's who's the, who's a wider man, Rhino or Otis? Oh, I, Otis is thick. Otis is Otis, Otis is like wide. a great center of gravity. Like he's 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 just he's wide. Oh man, Rhino's just gigantic. He's equally as gigantic as he used to be, which is interesting. Yeah. So this AEW thing, man, it's very interesting. I mean, I hope like I hope this becomes a thing. Cause I enjoy talking about this, and not, and I want to talk about it more. So we need some more innuendos to come out. I think I, I think you'll definitely keep hearing more rumors about it. That's just very interesting. I want to find that article. I could send it to you. Hang on, I'll text it to you. But uh, so, what's next? You want to get the Lars situation out of the way? <sighs> Fucking Lars, he let me down, man. I was just about to tweet something nice about him, and he had some racist comments from years ago. Um, yeah, I guess Lars is on a message board and said KFC is for poor people. <laughs> Uh, you had some comments about Steph. Of course I'm looking at this. Look at this picture they used in this article. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. 
Oh, the you guys just you, you didn't see that, but just the picture they used in the article is unbelievable. Oh boy, this all this AEW shit's ramping up. Forbes just put out an article about it. Oh my god! Like a couple minutes ago. I mean, Shad Khan has the money though. You know what I'm saying? Like of all the people. Yeah, man. Well, I, it's gonna be. From this, it's going to be Tony Khan because he's the wrestling fan in the family, which makes it even more like believable because yeah. apparently he's a lifetime wrestling fan. He reminds me of that guy from Glow. Yeah, he's basically a money mark. Yeah. He's basically a money mark. Chad, well, I mean, it's, Chad Khan is unbelievable. Uh, oh, wow. Forbes is saying it's not a great deal. But that's just... Strictly, if we're going up, they don't. Forbes, do you think of all things Forbes knows wrestling fans? Yeah, dude, they have a ton of wrestling articles. Like Forbes is Forbes is like a wrestling section. I know, but like, I just I, is this is coming from there? Or is it coming from Forbes? It's coming from Forbes. What do you mean? Is, is it coming from the wrestling section, or is it coming from like the new business? It's section? coming from the sports money section. Okay. Alfred Kanawawa. I probably butchered that last name, but. All right. Well, he really well. He literally his bio is. I write about men in tights and the money they make for men in suits. So I'd suggest he knows what he's talking Excellent about. Excellent bio. I'd suggest he knows what he's talking about. Dude, we can do a whole show on this AEW thing. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird... This is a weird sentence. Just listen to this paragraph. Okay. Uh, going back to the Lars thing. Yeah. Lars might be the greatest example of you need to know about writing social media because you never know when it comes back to haunt you. We previously reported on Sullivan under the name Disenfranchised. Awesome. A pretty, <laughs> pretty racist joke on bodybuilding message board, followed by a homophobic comment about NFL quarterback Philip Rivers. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because you you you, you shouldn't be racist or homophobic. No, no, no. It's just like, funny how Philip Rivers is like, dragged into this. Like, Philip. Philip's like the nicest guy ever. Like he goes on, he'll like go on angry rants, but he won't curse. He's like AJ Styles. Yeah. Freak. Holy freak. He when they when the Eagles beat them last year, he like screamed into his helmet and he didn't. But he's like, gosh darn it! Like he doesn't. He I also love... called out KFC for being lower class food. Lars. Oh, That's a weird thing to say. And I just tweeted that I love everything about the Lars Sullivan character. I love the catchphrase Lars Sullivan territory. I love how his finishers the freak accident and he never hits it properly. I love how his, in his entrance he's literally a human eclipse. I love his theme song with the screaming girl and the creepy piano. And then he goes and does this shit. Like, I feel like Lars let me down. Hopefully, this was he does what needs to be done. I mean, I don't think he'll get in trouble for it, but... Hopefully, because... He, he he Vince I see Vince just probably comes over the over Lars Sullivan and the timing on it like just when his main main roster vignettes are airing just think like do, do people just sit around yeah. and do this no yeah not do. saying that it should be done but like it's no, it, yeah, people, do people just sit around yeah. and like look for shit yeah yeah like who has the time some wrestling fans I don't know oh Jesus but either way that's what Lars is we'll see where that goes but you know here. what I don't want to defend his comments. No. But I'm sure if you went back on my Twitter, I don't think you'd find anything that bad. No. You wouldn't find anything sexist or homophobic no, on but, mine. But I'm sure you'd find something stupid that yeah, I Yeah, at least problematic. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we're the Twitter generation. Like, we're, we've had yeah, Twitter. I've, I've had, had Twitter, Twitter since, since like 2010. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, even... I was like in that first wave of people that get yeah. Twitter. It's 11 years ago. Yeah. I was 12 years old. Like, it, it could be a lot yeah, of Yeah, I'm sure I said dumb shit. Yeah, but. But I don't, I don't think I ever said anything that No, I, I don't think I'm, I'm smart enough not to. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't have. I don't harbor those feelings. I hope I did at least, but oh Jesus! I don't harbor those feelings, but I, you know, st I'm stupid. We all are to a certain. But that's extent. Lars, man. That's hopefully, hopefully he gets that shit strained out. Okay, uh, you wanted to talk about the cinder block. 
Dude. What the fuck was that? That was... One of my non-wrestling friends, friends who was here watching with us sent me that, and he goes, Dude, what the fuck is this, and why is this happening? I go, I don't know, it's a disgrace to the whole fucking shit. Yeah, dude. That guy, like, still didn't wake up. Like, he's... he's oh, it's unbelievable. The guy that did it uh, got banned by the Mexican Boxing and Wrestling Commission, so... That's, it was just disgusting. That should no no place in wrestling. I have nothing more to say about that than that. But I mean, like you said, that that couldn't have been a planned spot. Like you, <laughs> hey brother, you're gonna you're gonna hit me with a cinder block. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna hit you off the ropes, and then you're gonna drop a cinder block on my head. <laughs> drop down, leapfrog, hit in the back end of the cinder block. Yeah, like, like no. it's not 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 what happened. But man, yeah, I just kind of want to briefly mention it. So it was announced that the uh, the takeover is being expanded. The NXT UK brand will hold its first ever takeover event at the Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, England on January 12th, 2019, streaming on the award-winning WWE Network. That was, mm-hmm. my, that was my best Tom Phillips impression. How'd I do? Mm-hmm. All right, you did all right. All right. Well, the show already sold out. Yeah, I mean, those those halls aren't exactly the largest places. No, they're not. But, but that's cool. It's, I, like I said, uh, we've seen two NXT house shows with 1,200 people there maybe, but it sold out 1,200 people. And it's it's an unbelievable thing. That's why I like that setting. A small amount of people can make a lot of noise. Yeah, which is what I'm talking about. I try so to say. So I that. have the match card here. Um, spoiler alert: these will all be these will all be on the next couple months of NXT TV because they have a lot of it taped. So Rhea Ripley will be defending the NXT UK Women's Championship against Tony Storm. Tony, Tony fucking Storm. In a tag team match for the inaugural NXT UK Tag Team Championships, Mustache Mountain, comprised of Trent Seven and Tyler Bate, will be taking the on... The only two people that were ever in it. Okay. Was... <laughs> she comprised of... Yeah, but someone, someone, someone might not know who Mustache Mountain is. I'm rocking is. your tits. Come on, move it on. Don't rock my tits. That's I'm, sexual assault. I'm jerking your chain. Don't, I don't want you jerking anything of mine. I'm Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, was, I was goofing off. Now continue. So, they're taking on a tag team with a fantastic name, the Grizzled Young Veterans. That uh, is an amazing, amazing name. Zach Gibson and James Drake. Oh, that'll be a good match. Yeah, yeah. That'll it's, be a real good match. Zach Gibson, we, we saw Zach Gibson, didn't we? Yeah, he was... Uh, he wrestled his first match the, against Pete Dunne. Uh, yeah, the... Dark match takeover Brooklyn. Yeah. And he is awesome. Great heel. Great heel. Um, Pete Dunne will be, the, will be defending... Speaking of Pete Dunne... He will be defending the WWE United Kingdom Championship against Joe Coffey. Billy T. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Is he a heel because he's coffee and not tea? Please tell me he's... <laughs> I mean, he is a heel, but I don't think that's why. I think that's why. <laughs> they don't drink coffee and... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, you just drove away any UK fans we just had. <laughs> like, why do you say these the things? The Swedish guy might get offended as well. He's an OG. He hangs out. He hangs. <laughs> he sticks by us no matter what. Oh, I'm serious. I, I I didn't know that they. I just knew they drank. They didn't know they didn't drink coffee. When I was in Jamaica, I realized Shut they didn't the drink fuck coffee. Up. Shut the fuck up. Just. Oh God! Next match on the card, please. The, Joe Coffee's cool though. The last and final match is Eddie Dennis versus. Dave. No, it's not the last and final match. Wikipedia is missing one. I found some. Found somewhere else. Eddie Dennis taking on Dave Mastiff in a no DQ match. And then also, it will be Jordan Devil and taking on Travis Banks. I love how they just... They're the most British names of all time, too. 
Well, Travis Banks is Jordan, Jordan Devlin is pretty... <laughs> neither of them are British! But no, but they're just... I just That's a very <laughs> proper name. <laughs> but neither of them are British! Jordan Devlin is pretty fucking royal. He's Irish. He's Finn Balor trained. You, you ever see fucking Jordan Devlin? He looks like Finn Balor. <laughs> I didn't. I, I've, I've not watched an episode of UFC Cookie since the beginning. I want to, but WWE just keeps... What's he talking royal for? I don't know. Uh, what's his name, Jordan, Jordan Devlin? Devlin? Tell me he doesn't look like Finn Balor. Oh, God. He looks like Finn Balor, doesn't he? <laughs> and he was trained by Finn Balor, which makes it even funnier. Does he come out as a spirit or something? <laughs> I wish he came out as the Banshees, but he doesn't. <laughs> the Banshees, Seth. Did we talk about this Daniel Bryan promo, or did we just no. forget about it? We're, let's do it. We're, we're, we're actually going in order. We're not getting sidetracked. I, oh, I screwed up because I wanted to take over UK. Well, I don't have the rundown. You what, have the rundown. Well, no, I just wrote down what things we need to talk about. I wasn't exactly speaking about the order. Okay. So... He wanted to go to Daniel Bryan. Oh, just go to something. Daniel Bryan cut the most hilarious. <laughs> Daniel Bryan cut the most hilarious promo dude, in the history, it was awesome. history of wrestling. I don't know if it was terrible or awesome. I think it was, it was awesome. It I was, love it, dude. It was it was funny. As you said it, I don't know if you that was your own personal thought or no. That was my that was my own personal thought. It was a mixture of The Rock, Roddy Piper, Dean Ambrose, and the Ultimate Warrior. It was. And it, it, was. it, it couldn't you couldn't have hit anything more on the head than that. Like. He's like, he started like making nonsensical sentences like the warrior. He's spoken <laughs> third person. Hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, he's, I was ready for him to start going like this. Fucking put the, one of the two moves that he, warrior did. <laughs> but, oh my God, it was such a wacky promo, but it worked. Like, I, I like this Daniel Bryan. I really do. It's, it's, I, when he was like, he looked like he was twice the size he is when he was fucking with Lesnar on, on, at, the pay-per-view when he was like coaches like going come on he was doing the thing in the, in the ring oh it was my just, god his lesnar dance was hysterical people have been adding music to that and i've been watching them all oh dude the, they're great i'm not gonna lie but um yeah it was what are you doing over there tapping a title for what i don't see the sound it made <laughs> right. um but he said he talked about his hyperbaric chamber entirely oh, too dude. much no, that's the storyline. His hyperbaric yeah. chamber turned him heel. That's why he's talking about it so much. That's the storyline. I like that. That's he very... turned heel from being in a hyperbaric chamber. That's very Raveny. He's across the flock. I mean, he's start crawling around in the entrance ramp. I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> but uh, so that was interesting. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Oh yeah, look it up. It's now for something much weirder, much weirder, and like much more cringeworthy. Ronda Rousey's current situation. She posted. I don't know if she went live or she just posted a video. No, she, she has like she has, she has like a vlog. Yeah, on her vlog. Yeah, and she is not in good shape mentally. So basically, she's been on the road for about almost a since year. It'll be a year in the end of January. She's really been on the road. It's probably probably since June, right? She's been really on really on the road. Well, she was on the road. She was pretty much. She was at most Ros leading up to Mania. Then she took a little time off. Came back probably about June, and then she's been on the road consistently since then. So most of the year, she's been on the road. But apparently it's taking a, a toll on her. In the vlog she put out, she said she basically said she doesn't know how much more she could do this because she's missing time with her family and her goat died. And like, That was the saddest thing ever. She was so cut up over this goddamn goat. I was waiting for Becky Lynch to have some kind of reply to it, but she never did. So, so I, guess, I guess maybe she knows, like, hey, maybe I shouldn't touch this <laughs> one because you don't mess with someone's goat. Yeah, I guess, I guess I so. Like, well, Becky is the goat. Becky... That's the reply I should have put up. It just, it just, it just goes to show that like the grind is real, man. Yeah, like, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. is what it is. It's very exhausting. And I hope, I mean, I love having Rhonda around, 
But if this is going to affect her, I don't need to see her. No, she. You know what I'm saying? If she needs, if she needs, if she needs to stop for just for her mental sake, she should do it. But I maybe it's just growing pains. I hope it's just growing pains, because it's it's a weird time to start wrestling. You know what I'm saying? What is she thirty years old? Something like that. Close to it. Something like that. But uh, it's a weird time to start wrestling. I hope it's just growing pains, and she. I'll say this. I respect the hell out of her for being a full-time person on the roster. Because when she said she's going to be a full-time person on the roster, I don't think either one of us believed her. No, and no one we also didn't anticipate her being very good. And She's 31. And she she doesn't need to be a full-time person on the no, roster. No, she doesn't. I think I believe that was our conversation. Like, her, her match with Mickey James on Monday was not very good. And it was because she didn't get to practice it at the PC. Yeah. And that's why her matches have been so good, because she works on them at the PC, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that. her and Charlotte did pretty well for having a week's notice. Yeah, but they still they still went down and worked at the PC. Did they? Yes. I didn't know that. But there's nothing... I'm not, I'm no, not no, even no, saying no. that to, like, take anything away from no, her. No, There's nothing Ron wrong with better her. a year in than most people, yeah. so... But, like, it just goes to show, like, if she's going to have these bad matches on Raw that she doesn't have time to, like, work on... Then, just let her be home. Yes, just let her be home. Like, just, like, Brock... Let her give, don't give her more than Brock, but, like, find the happy medium, like... I don't know. I I hope when she loses the title, she gets some time off. Yeah. I don't I don't know when that'll be, but well, I mean, that's why AJ lost the title. Yeah, he AJ AJ wants more time with his family. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either, especially when he has the title for over a year. And He's he was, been on the road for twenty years. Yeah. So it's a whole Ronda deal. So are we going to talk about why we're here? Yeah. Well, we're about. Let's see. How how long are we in? About forty two minutes in, we're finally about to get the foley. Forty two minutes here. We're I mean, there's a shit ton of news. There was a lot of news this week. There Interesting was. news too. We, we cut it down. So we're going to talk about AEW a long yeah, time. I we, think AEW has the potential to be its own show a couple of weeks down the road. If more, if they're still developments, like we could fantasy book the whole thing. Like who would you like to see there, and just yeah, it's just because I mean, I mean that's got to come out sooner or later, or sooner than later, right? WWE is so many guys that they underutilize that I'd love to see go free. Like Ty Dillinger needs to get out of there. Gallows and Anderson, I love them, and I I want them to have success in WWE so bad, but it's not just going it's not going to happen for them. Luke Gallows, Luke Gallows had a better run as Festus. I mean, at least he won, at least he won the tag title. At least I'm happy they got their short raw tag title run. It was only yeah. about like two months. Yeah, they, it was got, only, they lost it to Mania. Didn't yeah, they? I'm hard to see I mean, that. if you're going to lose it, that's the place to lose it. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man. There's so many guys like we'll book, we'll book. Even we'll... Nakamura, like I read, I read like a WrestleMania 35, like card prediction on it nakamura wasn't even mentioned and i just got like i just got so sad it's like this guy he came with all this hype and then he came in the main roster and he won the royal rumble and i'm like they're finally gonna start doing something with him he got beat by aj time after time after time which you know that's fine like not everyone's gonna be a world champion but then he wins the u.s title and he's never even on tv like it's baffling like i don't get it i don't get it i don't get it i don't know how they were so high on him and then they lost they lost favor real quick. It really, I really think it is like a stereotypical thing because I mean, you could, look at Oscar. She was the hottest person they had coming, and like, I wasn't mad when she lost at Mania because, okay, I'm willing to see where they go with it. But then she loses to Carmella like three months in a row, and she's just she hasn't recovered. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. And then Hideo. I mean, you could blame injuries on Hideo's situation, but like. 
Matt, do you remember when Hideo got signed? They brought out Hulk Hogan. That was the biggest sign. They brought out Hulk Hogan for, like, the press conference. That was the biggest sign. That was the first huge NXT yeah. sign, I think. And Kenta. He, when, when Kenta was coming, it was just ridiculous. And he had his run in NXT, and he had the first shoulder injury where Kevin Owens said it was a shame in the parking lot. We never found out who did that, by the way. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Owens that did it, but he got called up so before Tommy got back. It was just never paid off, but... I hate when they don't pay off storylines. Like, we still never know who fucking hurt Hideo. Or through the pie at Owens. Yeah. Kevin Owens gets involved in all these storylines and never get wrapped up. But, um, yeah, and then Hideo, Hideo's making his return to 205 Live tomorrow. And 205 Live wears on Wednesdays now. I was waiting to see if you going to correct me. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm with this now. Okay, cool. Well, then I shouldn't have exposed it. I was just... We expose it every week, so yeah. Unless the whole slew of new listeners are coming in, they already know. Hopefully, they, well, hopefully they are. Hopefully, hopefully there are. is a whole slew of whole new listeners. Spread the word, all of you. Spread the word. We're awesome. Word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, who is our Lord? Damian Demento is he our Lord? Hmm. No, you know who our Lord and Savior is. Cain. Yes. Fucking Cain. <laughs> he just make fire appear. He can. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know what it is. It just makes me sad. I. Man, all right. Should we get to Foley? Yes. So Michael Francis Foley was born June seventh, nineteen sixty-five, in Bloomington, Indiana, of all places. He um, is one year and one day younger than my father. There you go. Which is more important than whatever anything he ever did. Um, his political party is Democratic, in case you were wondering, and he has four children. I can, I bet I can name them without looking at his thing. Uh, Mickey. Okay. Dewey. Okay. Still not convinced Noel is his child. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing one. I'm missing one of the older ones? No, it's the newest one. Oh, what's his name? Shit. Uh, what's his name? Oh, I don't know. What is it? Huey. Huey! Yeah. I, you know, I want to say Huey, but I didn't think that was right. And, uh, and Dewey works for WWE now. Yeah, he's actually been producing the Seth Rollins stuff recently. And he's Mr. Bootiesworth. So, uh, Mick Foley's early career, he trained with Dominic DiNucci, trained a couple guys, yeah. uh, in Freedom, Pennsylvania. So Foley trained in the Keystone State. How about that? I think it's around Pittsburgh somewhere. Let's see where that is. In Beaver County. Yeah. Suburb of Pittsburgh. So... He uh, went. It was. He drove several hours from his college campus in Cortland, New York, to Freedom, Pennsylvania, to learn how to wrestle. He appeared in several squash matches in the early '80s, where he wrestled as Jack Foley and Nick Foley. Um, some of the people he worked with was uh, the British Bulldogs and Hercules Hernandez during these uh, squash matches. Uh, the Steiners too, didn't he? Mm, maybe not yet? not yet. This is like we're talking like '83 here, so I, you're still a little, a little early on that. Mm-hmm. Uh. During this run, he was billed from many hometowns, usually the hometown, usually the town that the, the card was in. So if he was working in Allentown, he's from Allentown. They do that. That's a, that's a common thing with jobbers, That's for whatever reason. For, for years, we had, we had Jimmy Wilkesbury versus Johnny Scranton here. <laughs> Did. He, he, real... It was always two different people. It was always different people. Oh, yeah. Too. Just like uh, the Bryant brothers on, on SmackDown, one of them was from Scranton. And the other was Eli Elferfly, who was a hell of a worker. Let's hear about more about St. Mick. Shut that one down quick. So after several years on the indie circuit, he began uh, receiving offers from places, including Bill Watts, UWF, 
and he instead decided to join the Memphis-based Continental Wrestling Association, where he was Cactus Jack Manson. What a name. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not as bad as it can be. It's not as bad as Mason the fucking Mutilator, <laughs> which we'll get to. And he was, uh, he was teamed with Gary Young as part of the Stud Stable. The Stud Stable. Yes, and they were CWA Tag Team Champions, and then he would leave for World Class. And that's where uh, the Manson was dropped, and he just became Cactus Jack. And he was part of Skandar Akbar's stable. Uh, Foley said that the uh, the name Manson at the end made him uncomfortable. Which, if you know Mick Foley, that's yeah. not a very surprising thing. That no, yeah, he's... Charles he, Manson would make him uncomfortable. That was big then, too. Yeah, so, like, oh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, Mick Foley's a just a wonderful human being. So he would bounce around, and then he'd finally land in World Championship Wrestling. And, uh... This is fun. In his early run, he would team with jobbers, and then once his partner would lose the match, he'd beat the shit out of the jobber. Yeah, he would just hit that elbow. I hope, that, just... I hope that's how Lars comes in. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? It Lars would be just awesome. teaming with jobbers, and once a jobber loses, that was an our truth versus versus the AOP. With no, we like we need like Lars and Drake Maverick versus like I don't know. <laughs> no, I like it. I really do. No, I, I'd. So after a while, he's been doing that. And like you said, after after that, he would throw them out of the ring and hit his uh, flying elbow drop onto the floor. And there were no mats in the floor back then. It no, was just it was concrete. Just, which is just disgusting. And like him He doing, would get thrown around everywhere. Now, this is all in hindsight. Like, we were not alive. Yeah. So, like, yeah. this is... I, we're going to take this podcast to a certain level, and then we're going to win, and then we're going to go back. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about to where we first saw Foley, and right. then when we started watching his old shit. Right. So... But, like... Just in hindsight, thinking about this, like, he was throwing his body on concrete every night, just dropping elbows on jobbers. Like, that's... I, like, fell down so one step yesterday, and I hurt myself. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. So, uh, anyway, uh, his biggest match to date would occur when he faced Mil Mascaris. This is, he said that this was his big break, uh, at Clash of the Champions 10, Texas Shootout. And then this is where Foley would lose his first two teeth. It was actually in a car accident before the match, and uh, he would lose the two front teeth. And he said that that actually helped his look, which it's hard to argue. Your name is Cactus something. Is just yeah, gonna it can't help be, be a pretty guy. Yeah. So, Foley actually would then leave WCW, and he would join Herb Adams UWF, where he would team with guys such as Bob Orton, and he would feud with Don Morocco. I'm not making this next name up. Sunny Beach. Sunny fucking beach. What an asshole. I had to look up Sunny Beach. His real name is Rick Allen. So I guess I guess Sunny Beach is an improvement. He was I'm not fucking making this up. He was one half of the tag team. Wet and wild. Oh my god. You will never guess who the other half was. The ultimate warrior. Steve Ray, but not the Stevie Ray. Just that, the, would be that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be hilarious, but it's just another it's just another Steve Ray. And apparently he was the promotion's top babyface tag team. Oh god. <laughs> that might be the That might be a sign that your uh, your your division isn't isn't uh Yeah, her name is Sunny Fucking Beach. Oh Jesus. Send Foley to go to ECW for a little bit. Which uh was then known as Tri-State Wrestling. It wasn't the ECW yet. He would uh, form. He would have 
a match with Eddie Gilbert, as a matter of fact, three matches in one night, a Falls Count Anywhere match, a stretcher match, and a steel cage match. Jesus Christ. And this and these matches caught the attention of WCW, and then he went back to WCW full time. And what a debut he had. Yeah. Un- so, unbelievable debut. So Mick Foley made his debut by attacking Sting. Like the hottest baby face in wrestling at the time. You want to talk about coming in on top. Yeah. So I know you watched a lot of Foley's WCW stuff, when I really haven't. Especially, I know you, what, you like the stuff with Vader a lot. Oh, I love the stuff with Vader. So what are your but thoughts on this? This was very good. What are your thoughts on Foley and WCW? Because I know we're going to talk about this in length in like th- the next half hour or so. Yeah. His promos were so different than anything you've ever seen before. That it made Sting work. So, like, it's... He, he attacks Sting! I know, it's... Like, a, the hottest babyface in all of wrestling at the time. That's a hell of a way to come in. Yeah, and he was, like, singing his promos. He was... He was... He had that... He's, he has that nice, like, ring to his voice. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. holds on and he's... I'm gonna kill... I'm gonna hit Sting with all these wonderful things. Like, yeah. that kind of shit. And him and Sting had an unbelievable match at the Beach Blast 92. What a fucking name for pay-per-view. Yeah, it did, but did you ever hear him talk about that match? Yeah. He's like, he's like, let's try these couple things, and Sting's like, you know what, brother, call the match. Because he heard the people going wild. Oddly enough, it was a non-title Falls Count Anywhere match. Yeah. Well, I mean, he just came in. Yeah. So that makes sense. But this was, this was... <laughs> Ignore that. This was really good. This was really good. So if this is where we become a bang-bang. So for Cactus, <laughs> that's an awful. What was that sentence? I think he said a stroke. He said, and that was a bang bang. What the fuck was that sentence? This is where he came up with bang bang. Is what is what should have. That's how it came out. I think <laughs> is what should have came out. Stroke mid sentence. Oh Jesus! But oh God! Now that we're over that, but Sting would also Sting. Jesus Christ! I know you're fucking affecting me. Jack would have also have feuds with Fan Hammer and Abdullah the Butcher. So I'm just, I want to see if he ever did anything with the Abdul the Butcher like in Deathmatch stuff. I'm sure they have somewhere. Cause that's got to be some wild shit. Cause Abby is insane. So like you said, it was around this time where uh, uh, he became more of a personality. Uh, he'd start laughing hysterically and shrieking into the air, and then like you said, the signature bang bang. So after a year and a half as a heel, he transitioned into a fan favorite, and his first feud as a babyface. It was with fucking Paul Orndorff, Harley Race, and Big Van Vader. Jesus Christ. That's a hell of a... That's some company. Yeah. That's some company. His stuff with Vader was so fucking brutal. Before we get there, uh, he would wrap up his feud with Orndorff by defeating him in a Falls Count Anywhere match. God damn, Jack loves those Falls Count Anywhere matches. Yes. That's all he does. He, gives, he loves the elbow drop on the, on the, on the concrete. <laughs> and that was at Super, Bowl th- Super Brawl 3. They some stupid names of pay-per-views. <laughs> I like Starcade though. I'll give him that. Starcade's an nice and one. Halloween Havoc. Yeah. All right. So here's here's your here's your favorite the the Vader feud. So I'll let you take this. If you want to see the most hard hitting shit you'll ever see in your life, it is in the Texas Death Magic at Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. On it's just unreal. It, Vader throws him around, and he throws Vader around. It's just so hard-hitting. I can't say enough about it, but just go watch it. Have you ever seen it? I have, yeah. yeah. A lot, it's been a while, but I've seen it. I watched it recently because I was 
You ever get to a wrestling hall and just like, give me something to watch? I know you used to be texting each other like yeah. show, <laughs> every fucking night at work. Tell me something. Tell me something to watch. And but I, I work- watched this recently, and it is just insane. He did. That's the first time he did to. He did the. the yeah, the little neck. The thing. spot. Yeah, yeah. I got the, and this is what eventually on this tour is where loses, he loses the ear. Loses the ear. Loses the ear ski there. Loses the ear. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'll be looking for something to watch when I work Wednesday, one a.m. to seven a.m. I'll be fucking free from one to fucking. 4.30. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. But, and then Vader ripped his ear off. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because it was just hanging. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you just, it was just un- it was unbelievable stuff. I have nothing to say about it except just to go watch it. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So before Halloween Havoc, he faced Vader on April 24th, and they did a very stupid spot. Holly Race removed the protective mats and then Vader powerbombed Cactus onto the concrete floor. Jesus. Giving Foley a concussion, and he also lost sensation in his left foot temporarily. God damn. That's a lot of man, though. Like, it's just, that's a lot of man powerbombing a lot of man. That's just a lot of force behind that. Just, just in hindsight, this, some of the shit Foley did was so unnecessary. Yeah, but it, like, it's amazing he's still around without CTE. Yeah. So, WCW ran an angle, and uh, they explained Cactus' a- absence but with... By uh, a storyline where Cactus Jack developed amnesia. Was that off the powerbomb? Yes. Okay. So Foley wanted the storyline, this is from his book, Foley wanted the storyline to be serious and generate sympathy for him before his return, but WCW produced jokes that were so bad that it's just, it was ridiculous. Like, like offensive or just bad jokes? Just like corny jokes. Like I got it. Got it. So, we're at your favorite point. Halloween Havoc, 1993. Cactus Jack, Vader, Texas Deathmatch. Phenomenal. It's, I'm not even sure if it's a good wrestling match. It's just a spectacle. It's a hoss fight. Yeah. It's a hoss fight. It's just, it's just a spectacle. So like, it's I, my I favorite. It's a mean guy match. I can't say anything about it. Like, this one, Foley was still young. He could still move. Foley could move underratedly fast for how big he was. So the match ended when Harley Race zapped Cactus with a cattle prod. God damn it. Yeah, awful finish. Great match. But I don't know if you know this, but the level of violence in this feud caused WCW to refuse to book Cactus Jack against Vader in future pay-per-views. Like, this ended the... Like, the feud wasn't supposed to end, but it was so violent that they ended the feud. Both men were bleeding. Vader was a... Watch Vader stuff in Japan. I know you have, but I, I to, to our listeners, this is crazy stuff. And then we get to March 16th, 1994. European house show, Munich, Germany. Foley versus Vader. Foley goes for the hangman spot. And then... Loses the ear. Yeah. So basically what happened, uh, Foley was not aware that the ropes were tightened extra tight they're not i guess they're used to them being a certain amount of tight well they were okay they were airplane cables weren't they yeah but on this at this point they were they were tighter than they usually were whoever like put the ring together i guess didn't know they were uh gonna do this spot so when foley tangled himself up he was legit choking himself and like he couldn't free himself and so he was like twirling around desperately trying to free himself and when he finally freed himself his ear just kind of like got caught and half of it ripped off. Yeah, I guess Vader tore it off. Yeah. So Foley re-entered the ring because he's a lunatic, and this is the time where uh, Vader reached up and grabbed Foley's ear just to like try to throw a punch with the other hand. You know, like 
When sometimes you go throw a punch, you grab the guy's head and throw the punch, and when he did that, the ear came with it. Oh, ah. it's just disgusting. <laughs> this is the craziest part. They cut wrestling, and the referee picked up the ear and handed it to the ring announcer. <laughs> and then I guess they, uh, I guess they put it on, they put it on uh, ice, and then Cactus went to the hospital and. It just gets even wilder, man, because the next... He wrestled, didn't he, the next day? Yeah, Cactus Jack and Kevin Sullivan were scheduled to win the tag titles. Yeah. So now Foley has a dilemma. He has to choose between reattaching his ear or winning a wrestling match on a pay-per-view. I'll give you one guess on what he chose. He wrestled. Foley chose to wrestle the match and won his only championship in WCW. And then uh, Foley wanted them to do a storyline about him losing his ear. And WCW refused, and that really pissed Foley off. Because he's like, I lost my ear, let's at least use it in a storyline. Yeah. And I guess WCW was trying to like clean up their image a little bit after the Vader shit. Yeah. And they didn't want to use it in a storyline. A lot of shit happened like pre-Turner and WCW, that was just wild. Well, this is post-Turner, but... Post-Turner, I mean, like, before WCW became WCW. Yeah, it's... it's Like, they, they they went up and down in, like, ratings. Not, like, numbers of people watching it, but, like, how violent their show was, like, a bunch of times. But, uh, Foley actually tells an interesting story about losing his ear. Uh, he said, like, years later, when he cut his hair after he retired in 2000... Yeah. ...that he was at Hershey Park, shout out Pennsylvania, and somebody said, hey, aren't you Fo- McFoley? Foley's goes, a big Knobles guy, isn't he? He loves Yeah, Knobles. huge Knobles guy. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, for all of you who do not know what Knobles is, it's a, an amusement park in Pennsylvania that's pretty awesome. It's not yeah. anything special. Knobles it's cool. It's cool, yeah. It's cool. It's good food and just free. It's free, yeah. So, so that's, that's why Foley goes. Yeah. But uh, he said he was at Hershey Park, and somebody said, aren't you McFoley? And he said, how do you know that? I cut my hair. And he goes, sir, you have half an ear. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, I guess I guess he did. So like, that stuck with him forever. Well, I mean, like, I guess, like, McFoley's a pretty recognizable guy. I feel like, I don't know, it's hard not now, to. Now, is Foley doing the deathmatch stuff before this or after this? I want to say, I like think... A year, the, the year's coming, right? Before yeah. he came to WWF. Yeah. Because at this point, WCW and ECW co-promote a tour. And this shows that... Uh, and during this tour, he faced Sabu on June 24th, 1994, on the show called Hostile City Showdown. It was a show co-promoted between Extreme Championship Wrestling. And it was basically like a super card. And uh, during a promo... Foley spat on his tag team title and threw it to the ground to appeal to the hardcore fans who frowned upon these mainstream promotions. And then, after this, Foley kind of fell in love with ECW, and off he went. Yeah, and then he did a lot of great stuff in ECW. Yeah. It wasn't like a really long amount of time he was there, but he made his impact. Him and Funk had a couple great matches. So his first appearance after that June 24th show, uh, he began a feud with Sabu, and then he began working the ECW tag team division with Terry Funk. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I was just going to keep riding and we can't ride anymore, but yeah. I mean, that's what you want to like I feel like we'll talk about that for, for at least an hour. All right, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Anywho... After brief stints in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling in Japan, Foley returned to ECW, and this is when he started his feud with the Sandman. Uh, he challenged him, claiming he'd never been beaten in a Falls Count Anywhere match. This was before Sandman was like Enter Sandman, wasn't it? This is was he still the fucking surfer here? I think he was. I think it was the Sandman. It was very 
infantile Sandman. Yeah, it was a very young version of the gimmick. All right. So according to Paul Heyman, hardcore style dif- differentiated Foley from other traditional wrestlers. So in ECW, he was right at home. And then there was a sign. Then one sign changed everything. There was a sign in the audience that said Kane Dewey. And this rubbed Foley the wrong way. I can see it. I can see it. Because That's, uh, that's fucked up. That's at, so fucked up. As we mentioned, uh, Dewey is Mick Foley's real-life son. He was probably his only son at that. He was probably, he was probably the only child that yeah, point, right? Yeah, about 94, so he's probably that's, two. And he's probably two. I mean, he's he's older than Noel, isn't he? Yeah, he's the, young, he's the oldest. Yeah. So uh, Foley used this and uh, turned his gimmick into a guy who criticized hardcore wrestling and wanted to renounce his status as a hardcore icon. And this is when Foley started using a very technical and slow wrestling style in ECW. This was so... I'm going to start watching ECW beginning to end immediately. I tweeted it out the other day, and they chose to put either Nitro or ECW, and I want to watch ECW now, and I want to see it transform from uh, territory to this. But... I've seen this stuff. This yeah. stuff is great. Oh, yeah. This, this really, really set him in the stratosphere because he has a personality. So this during, is what attracted Bruce Pritchard, too, I believe, to see him. So during this time, he was teaming with Tommy Dreamer, and he was on a mission to save his partner from making the mistake to try and tr- uh, please his bloodthirsty fans. And then this lasted until August 5th, 1995, when Cactus turned on Dreamer. They were teaming with the Pitbulls against Raven, Stevie Richards, and the Dudley Boys. Uh, Dudley Dudley and Big Dick Dudley, not Devon and Bubba. No. The original two Dudleys. So then Cactus DDT'd his partner and joined the Raven's Nest as he wanted to serve Raven's higher purpose. And then for the rest of his time in ECW, he was one of Raven's top henchmen. He beat the... He ended 9-1-1's undefeated streak. 9-1-1. And then Foley, as part of his heel gimmick, began praising WWF and WCW on ECW TV, which really pissed off ECW fans. <laughs> Foley, Foley's uh, heel work in ECW is so good. I've it's, watched a lot of that. It's doing nothing because he just he was just Mick Foley. Yeah, he wasn't any. He wasn't Cactus Jack. He was just Mick Foley, and he was, that was awesome. He infuriated ECW fans. ECW fans were a different breed, though. Like as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I've seen the, the worst of us are the best of them, and it's just seeing. I've seen these people; they're disgusting. So then, word got around that Mick Foley was leaving to join the WWF. And uh, in his book, Have a Nice Day, Foley talked about an incident where he asked an ECW roadie to sell t-shirts for him at an event held in Queens, which is, you know, close to his hometown of Long Island, where he figured even though he's a heel who hates ECW, he'd be able to sell t-shirts here. And then uh, the poor roadie came back after being spat on by fans who, uh, who were very pissed off that Foley was leaving. Yeah, they were not ha- very not happy. So he tried to give his goodbyes to the fans, uh, and he was met with chants of "You sold out," and ECW fans were very unhappy that he was leaving. So then he went on to face uh, WWF hater Shane Douglas. I fucking hate Shane Douglas. Yeah, not a Shane Douglas. Guy. I'm not a Shane Douglas guy. Are you? He's an asshole. He's an asshole, but he's just a big. He was a big fucking asshole. He was jealous about everything that happened. They fucked him. They did. But he was so jealous, and it was all sour grapes. It was. A lot of sour grapes. He's a dick. So then... Don't uh, kill me now. Don't kill me. Foley's last ECW match is on March 9th, 1996, against Mikey Whiprank. And Foley recounts that he was not looking forward to it during uh, due to the increasingly hostile reactions he was getting. 
And the ECW fans knew it was Foley's last match. They finally returned to affection. They cheered, they cheered him and chanted, please don't go. And then after the match, Foley told the audience that their reaction made everything worthwhile. And I'm not joking. <laughs> the last image of Mick Foley in ECW was him dancing with Steven Richards in the Blue Meanie to New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. Isn't he, like, really, really good friends with Meanie? I'm not sure. Heffern, Heffern, yeah. Probably. Heffern's an Eagles fan. Go Can't birds. save everybody. Uh, he's from Philly, though, Heffern. Yeah. He was, like, legit from Philly. Yeah. I think Sandman was, too. So, Foley did some work in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, that's your favorite uh, promotion, Jim Cornette. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I love when we watch, watch those two episodes. It was all tag team wrestling. Yeah, dude. There were six matches in two episodes of television, all tag teams. We watched New Jack cut a promo on the NAACP in fucking <laughs> Knoxville, Tennessee. It's fucking baffling. People were well. Oh, it was so bad. A lot of heat. That's, that's Cornette's bag, though. It's just getting a lot of heat. Oh, yeah. So then here's your favorite part. 1995, Foley went to Japan and wrestled in the IWA. Wait, Boo Bradley. Was that? That's uh, that Balls is, Mahoney? Uh, Balls Mahoney, yes. Okay. That is Balls Mahoney. Okay. He was Balls Mahoney was managed by Sonny. Yeah, Lord. A lot of shit went down in Smoky Mountain. <laughs> Brian Lee and Chris Candido. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So continue. I'm sorry. So in Japan, Foley had feuds with Terry Funk and Shoji Nakamaki. And during his stint in Japan, Foley went by the nickname the Tsunami Stopper, which was an awesome nickname. <laughs> so. <laughs> So Foley went back to ECW one last time to team with, to feud with the Sandman, and then a violent spot happened when Funk and Sandman hit Cactus Jack with a Singapore cane forty six times. Oh, God! Wait, it's not a Singapore cane, the kendo stick. <laughs> Whatever you say. Foley went back to Japan and started a feud with Leatherface, who is a uh, Corporal. Krishner of WWF fame. Really? Yes. Did not know that. Foley also continued to wrestle on the indies. Uh, he had the famous C4 matches. Foley said that he only got like 300 bucks a night for those goddamn death matches, which is <laughs> baffling. I, th- I guess that was a tape trader's wet dream to yeah. have one of those. Yeah. Because he like faced Tiger Jeet Singh, which is Tiger Tali Singh's father. And um, Tracy Smothers, which is wild. But uh, he defeated Funk in the uh, finals, didn't he? Yeah. It's just I, I want to see that. I have never seen it. I've just seen clips. And yeah, I don't think, come to think of it, I don't think I've ever seen it either. I got to find, find that tape. So I guess this would be a good point to wrap it up, because in 1996, Mick Foley would sign with the World Wrestling Federation. And that's going to be more where you get the in-depth stuff from us. Yeah, because that's where we know. And we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back. I have plans on going back to what we just talked about. Yeah, yeah. But in like five years of time. So, so we'll wrap it up here and we'll do his WWF run slash WWE run next week. Yeah, sounds like a plan to me. So, everybody have a nice night. You got to do your, you your shtick. It's your shtick. All right, I was going to the end, but remember, we are a part of the Turnbuckle Topics Network with the rundown with Linz and Ron and the Bearded Impact podcast, everything you know about about need to know about impact mr impact chris panero has at old school pants on twitter follow at tt4u on twitter follow us at champions pod tweet us anything we love all of you peace
Got anything to say as you hold your belt here, you fucking mark? <laughs> I'm just going to keep letting the recording go so you have to, so you can make it extra awkward. All right, goodbye.